0: Today is the 10th day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's great to be here. I guess this puts us at the one-third way uh, through this last month of the year as we continue our journey forward. And we've been moving rapidly. We're working through the minor prophets, and we take some of those in one gulp each day. Not all of them. Not today. But we have been. And we have also gotten ourselves into the book of Revelation in the New Testament, our final book, the final destination in the New Testament, and we'll continue that today. But as we go into the Old Testament, we have a brand new prophetic book in the grouping known as the Minor Prophets. This book is known as Amos, and this is probably the, the earliest collection of prophetic utterances that, that are found in the Bible. Amos prophesied in the mid 8th century BC. This was a time when the northern and the southern kingdoms were both experiencing peace and prosperity. Everything was going well. And Amos, he wasn't a trained prophet. He didn't go to prophet school. He wasn't trained for religious duties. He seems to have been just an ordinary person. He was living a regular life of a shepherd or a farmer. We don't know if he was like just a common laborer, like a day laborer, or whether he owned some flocks and groves. He's certainly an educated person and certainly aware of what's going on around him. He lived in the city of Tekoa. That's about 10 miles south of Jerusalem. And so his home would have been in the southern kingdom of Judah. But his mission was to prophesy in the northern kingdom of Israel And so he probably just crossed the border to the border city of Bethel, which was a huge hub for trade, idol worship, commerce. And the northern and southern kingdoms were in good shape. Peace, prosperity, opportunity. It it was so good. They hadn't seen this kind of prosperity since like Solomon's reign. So it, it might be odd to think that God would send person that nobody knew, an ordinary person, to deliver a pretty severe message of judgment. It would have certainly been a difficult message to give, but that's what Amos was told to do, because the peace and prosperity that was being experienced had done what it does, what it still does, what we still see in the world today. The door for corruption had been opened And corruption was running rampant. And people were being pushed to the margins. The poor were being oppressed. Greed ruled the hearts of the leaders. And Amos is in the midst of this denouncing the preying on the less fortunate. Saying that social justice has to be considered. And I know, man, we're we're looking at a book. And I'm saying this, and this is thousands of years old. And we got a buzzword Here, like a political buzzword, social justice. We're talking about justice within a society to care for its people. This is a prophetic utterance to a prosperous nation, nations, to God's people about what they're doing to marginalize and take advantage. And it would seen that we would have this worked out by now. that this cycle wouldn't keep going, but we're still dealing with these things. Amos shows us that we are nowhere near as powerful as we think we are. And God is vastly, way more powerful than we can comprehend. And Amos tells us Basically, all this scurrying around in the world, trying to own our stuff and collect our garbage, keep all of our stuff in one place and protect it. Amos is like the whole world belongs to God. It's all his, and he is sovereign over all of it, including you. And so as we read the book of Amos, let's let's let it be a mirror into the way that we conduct ourselves. We'll read from the Voice Translation this week. Amos, chapters 1, 2, and 3. These are the words of Amos, one of the shepherds in Tekoa, a city in the highlands of Judah. God gave him these visions regarding Israel in the time of Uzziah, who ruled Judah, and Jeroboam, the son of Joash, who ruled Israel, two years before the great earthquake. The Eternal One roars from Zion. His voice thunders from Jerusalem. The pastures shrivel and die beneath the shepherds' feet, and the crest of Mount Carmel dries to dust as all await his judgment. The Eternal One says, For three crimes of Damascus, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it, because they have threshed the people of Gilead, with threshing sledges made of iron. I will send down fire on the house of Azael, the ruler in Damascus, and burn down the fortresses of Ben-Adad, his son and successor. I will smash the gates of Damascus, wipe out those who live in the valley of Avon. I will cut off the hand that holds the scepter in beth Eden, and force the people of Aram into exile in Kir. So says the Eternal about Aram, Israel's constant enemy to the northeast. The Eternal One says, For three crimes of Gaza, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it, because they sent entire communities into exile, including women and children, because they sold my people as slaves to Edom. So I will send down fire on the wall that protects Gaza and burn down all of its fortifications. I will destroy those who live in Ashdod and cut off the hand that holds the scepter in Ashkelon. I will raise my hand against Ekron and the rest of the Philistines. Even those in the formerly great city of Gath will perish. So says the Eternal Lord about Philistia, Israel's enemy in the southwest. Here is what the Eternal says about Tyre, that maritime power to the northwest. For three crimes of Tyre, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it. Because they also handed over whole communities to Edom and ignored the covenant of brotherhood, the treaty between Phoenicia and Israel. So I will send down fire on the wall that protects Tyre and burn down all of its fortifications." Here is what the Eternal says about Edom, our neighbor to the southeast. For three crimes of Edom, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it, because he pursued his brother Israel with the sword without any pity, because he continually stoked his anger and nourished his rage. So I will send down fire on Timan, its largest city in the south, and burn down the fortresses of Bozrah in the north. Here is what the Eternal says about Ammon, just northeast of the Jordan. For three crimes of the Ammonites, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it, because they ripped open the bellies of pregnant women in Gilead as they made war to expand their territory. So I will send down fire on the wall that protects Rabbah, its only major city, and burn down all of its fortifications with shouts and war cries on the day of battle, with a whirlwind in the midst of the storm, I will force the king into exile, along with all the officials who counsel him. So says the Eternal One. Here is what the Eternal says about Moab, Ammon's brother nation, east of the Jordan. For three crimes of Moab, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it. Because they burned to ash the bones of the king of Edom, believing this would prevent his resurrection. So I will send down fire on Moab and burn down the fortresses of Kiriot, where the people worship Chemosh. Moab will be destroyed in an uproar, with warriors screaming and war horns blaring, and I will destroy their ruler, along with all the officials who counsel him. Here is what the Eternal says about Judah. For three crimes of Judah, no, for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it, because they have rejected the teachings of the Eternal One and have not kept His commandments, but they have walked away to follow the same lying idols their ancestors pursued. So I will send down fire on Judah and burn down all the fortresses of Jerusalem. Hear, Israel, is what the Eternal says about your past and present behavior. For three crimes of Israel, now for four, I have laid down my sentence and will not revoke it. Because they have sold the right living for silver and the poor and their property for a pair of sandals. They have trampled the heads of the weak into the dirt and pushed the oppressed even further down. A father and his son sleep with the same girl, trampling my holy name in the process. And the religious lie besides every altar on garments taken as collateral from their debtors. And in the house of their pagan god they drink wine bought with the fines they have imposed on others. Still, I destroyed all of Canaan's Amorites before them, those Canaanites who were as tall as the towering cedars, as strong as the mighty oaks. As entrenched as they were, I still destroyed their fruit above and their roots underneath my promised land. And I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and led you safely through forty years of wilderness wandering to take possession of the land of the Amorites. I took some of your children and raised them up as prophets, and I called some of your youth to be Nazarites, set aside to my service. Isn't this true?" People of Israel? So says the Eternal. But you made the Nazarites break their vows and drink wine. You told the prophets, Don't you dare prophesy. I will press you down beneath your enemies, just as a wagon full of fresh grain creaks and groans beneath its own weight. The swift will lose their speed. There will be no escape. The strong will lose his strength. The warrior will not survive the battle. The archer will not be able to stand his ground and aim his arrows. Even the fastest runner will not escape, nor will the one who rides on horseback. The bravest and strongest soldiers will throw down their weapons and run naked for cover on that day. So says the Eternal One. Hear the message that the Eternal has spoken about you, people of Israel. The words He has spoken against the whole family. I brought you up from Egypt. Of all the peoples on the earth, I knew and chose you for a relationship with me. So I will punish you for the wrong you have done. Do two people travel together if they had set up a time to meet? Does a lion roar in the forest if it has not found its prey? Does a young lion growl in its den if it has not caught something? Does a bird fall into a trap if no net has been set for it? Does a trap snap shut if nothing has set it off? Does the trumpet sound the alarm in the city without frightening the people? Does disaster come to a city unless the Eternal One has permitted it? The answer to all is the same, no. The Eternal Lord does nothing without revealing His plan to His servants, the prophets. They are His spokespeople. The lion has roared, who is not afraid? The Eternal Lord has been heard. His prophets can't help but prophesy. Speak to the fortresses of Ashdod and to the fortresses in the land of Egypt. Tell their leaders, Gather on the hillsides in Samaria and see what great wrongs are done in Israel. Witness the acts of oppression done there. Those who fill their fortresses with finery through violence and robbery have no idea how to do what is right. So the Eternal Lord says to Israel, An enemy will surround and besiege your land. It will overwhelm your defenses, and your fortresses will be plundered. Just as the shepherd rescues two legs or the tip of an ear from the hungry lion, that is the kind of rescue the wealthy people of God dwelling in Samaria will see. Only a small piece of fabric from their luxurious linens and furnishings will remain. Listen to what I am saying and testify against Jacob's house. The Eternal Lord, the Commander of Heavenly Armies, says, On the day I punish Israel for its wrongdoing, I will also fall upon the altars of Bethel, that center of cultic worship, where the horns of the altar will be hacked off and toppled to the ground, making their illegal sacrifice impossible. I will demolish the winter house of the rich and the summer house as well. Their palaces decorated with ivory will be torn down, and their fine mansions will be laid low. So says the Eternal One. Revelation 2, 1-17 Write down my words and send them to the messenger of the church in Ephesus. These are the words of the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks and moves among the golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your tireless labor, and your patient endurance. I know you do not tolerate those who do evil. Furthermore, you have diligently tested those who claim to be emissaries, and you have found that they are not true witnesses. You have correctly found them to be false. I know you are patiently enduring and holding firm on behalf of my name. You have not become faint. However, I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. Do you remember what it was like before you fell? It's time to rethink and change your ways. Go back to how you first acted. However, If you do not return, I will come quickly and personally remove your lampstand from its place. But you do have this to your credit. You despise the deeds of the Nicolaitans and how they concede to evil. I also hate what they do. Let the person who is able to hear, listen to and follow what the Spirit proclaims to all the churches. I will allow the one who conquers through faithfulness, even unto death, to eat from the tree of life found in God's lush paradise. Write down my words and send them to the messenger of the church in Smyrna. These are the words of the first and the last, the one who was dead and returned to life. I know your deeds and the difficult ordeal you are enduring and your poverty, although you are actually rich. I am aware of the offensive accusations preached by those who call themselves Jews, but these people are not the Jews they pretend to be. They are actually the congregation of Satan. In the face of suffering, do not fear. Watch. The devil will throw some of you into prison shortly so that you might be tested, and you will endure great affliction for ten days. Be faithful throughout your life until the day you die and I will give you the victor's wreath of life. Let the person who is able to hear, listen to, and follow what the Spirit proclaims to all the churches. The one who conquers through faithfulness, even unto death, will escape the second death. Write down my words, and send them to the messenger of the church in Pergamum. These are the words of the one with the sharp double-edged sword. I know your deeds. And where you live, it is where Satan, the adversary, has established his throne. You have stayed true to my name, and you did not deny your trust in me, even in the eventful days of my faithful witness Antipath. He was killed among you in that place where Satan dwells. However, I have a few matters against you. Some who live among you hold to the teaching of Balaam, who instructed Balak to set up a stumbling block before the people of Israel. As a result, some among you are eating food prepared for idol worship and committing immoral sexual acts. You have others who are holding firm to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore, change your ways and turn to me. If you do not, I will quickly come to where you live and will battle them with the sword of my mouth." that the person who is able to hear, listen to, and follow what the Spirit proclaims to all the churches. To the one who conquers through faithfulness, even unto death, I will feed you with hidden manna and give you a white stone. Upon this stone a new name is engraved. No one knows this name except for its recipient. Psalm One twenty-nine. A Song for Those Journeying to Worship This is not the first time my enemies assaulted me. They have often attacked me since I was young. So let Israel now proclaim, This is not the first time my enemies assaulted me. They have attacked me since I was young, and yet they have not been able to overpower me. The plowers plowed over me, They plowed their furrows deep and long down my back. The Eternal is just. He severed the bindings of the wicked so they can't hurt me anymore. May all who despise Zion hang their heads in shame. May all who despise Zion recoil and run away. Let them grow like grass upon rooftops that withers and dies in the sun long before it has had time to grow, unfit to be harvested by the worker not worthy of the effort to carry off to the binder, unwanted, uncared for, no passerby to greet them, no one to say, May the favor of the Eternal be upon you. We bless you in His name. Proverbs 29, 19 and 20 Words are not enough to correct a servant. Even if he understands, he will not respond. Have you ever met someone who is overly eager to talk? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless your holy name and we worship you. Jesus, we love you. There is no hope outside of you. You are the only hope and we thank you for the scriptures that lead and guide us into this relationship aiming our hearts in the right, correct direction. We take heed from all that we've read today, including from the book of Amos. We also look at the book of Proverbs. There is more hope for a fool than for a person who is overly eager to hear themselves talking. Ah, we take that on board and invite your Holy Spirit to show us what we should and should not be saying in our lives this day as we walk in fellowship with you and as we walk in community with our brothers and sisters. Come, Holy Spirit, lead us into the truth. We ask, we beg, in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Hello, Dabbers. This is Donna in Pennsylvania. The Lord is my strength and my song. And Today I want to pray for those of you who are feeling utterly overwhelmed by your circumstances. Uh, Perhaps it's health. I've been praying for eyes of a dove with something unusual and scary going on in your body and you're waiting to find out what might be going on and what might be needed for treatment. And I'm praying for someone who called in with ALS and three small children, and for his little Cherie who is battling MS and has to make decisions about treatment. And I can relate to that because I have severe osteoporosis and the drugs they're planning to use on me sound worse than the disease. Um, Those who are undergoing heartbreak The the gentleman who called in whose wife is, he called it a dry drunk, and I don't know what that means, but it doesn't sound good. And for those with children, with babies suffering, with people who are losing relatives to cancer, those who are in excruciating pain, I'm just lifting it all up to God because he... Loves us, he knows each one of us, our names are written on his hand, and whatever we're walking through, he walks beside us. When we turn to him and cling to him, he's always there. He will get us through it, and we will have joy in his presence, despite our circumstances. Bless the Dabbers, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Good morning Dabbers, Marjorie from New Mexico. Today is December the 5th and I was just listening to the daily prayers and I heard Blind Tony and Blind Tony I just want to tell you that your poems um, touched my heart. Um, this morning your prayer was um, about praying for you guys because of a fire. Your voice changed and I knew something was wrong. Um, but you know, you like you said, God is still good, and that really, really touched me because you had a fire and you lost water and you lost um, your home pretty much until um, you can go back to it, um, and you're still keeping the faith, Tony. And you're an inspiration to me. Um, I I am keeping my faith too with everything that's going on in my family life, um, with my kids and my aunts and uncles and my mother and. I'm praying for you, Blind Tony, and I hope that you have the best Christmas that you can with the circumstances that you've been dealt um, with the fire. And I just want to say God bless you and remain the inspiration that you are. Salutations, Kathy
3: from Kentucky. This is his little songbird from Alberta, Canada. And I just want to take the opportunity right now to lift up your friend Joanne in prayer heavenly and most gracious father I come before you humbly today and I want to thank you for being so perfect and pure Lord you made us in your image and you also made us for eternity. We were never supposed to know death and to see our children die and our grandchildren die. That was not part of your plan. That was something that Satan threw in. Lord, I lift up Joanna to you this morning, Lord, and I want to thank you so much for this woman that you have blessed her with 94 years. But Lord, she has seen death in her time, death of her children and grandchildren, Lord. And I lift her up to you, Lord. I ask for your presence to be poured out upon her, for your joy, for your... your comfort, Father God, and I ask that you would just wrap your loving arms around her and carry her through these difficult times. In Jesus' name I ask, amen.
4: Father God, in the name of Jesus, I've come this morning to pray right now for Blind Tony, our own in-house Poet Laureate. I just heard the tragic story about your fire. Right now, I just ask, Lord Jesus, keep this family safe and I'm praising God with you that you are okay and still with us. I also pray that paperwork is okay as far as you being able to get things reconstructed. But dear Lord, if it's not, let your angels that surround him in the neighborhood across the countries, wherever, to come and help this family. Father, we thank you for Blind Tony. We love, love his spirit. We love him, and we lift him up to you right now and his family for the best outcome in this unfortunate, sad, sad situation. Blind Tony, thousands, I know thousands, are lifting you up because we love you here at the DAB. May God be with you. May God strengthen you. May you continue to be empowered and know that he's got you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.